Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Below the O-Line Podcast, the podcast where me and my co-host Emily talk the NASCAR Cup Series four hours a week, three days a week, and hope somebody will listen. I am one of your hosts, Samuel Stubbs. And I am Emily, your other host. <laughs> um, wasn't able to be with us Monday night, but she is back for Wednesday with all of her uh, non non hot takes, all of her very non opinionated opinions. Uh, she has no no players at all. She does not have a favorite driver at all. None. No affiliation. Um, none. None at all. I have no thoughts, no opinions. Exactly. That, that's <laughs> just how she is. Hates Denny Hanlon, loves Ross Chastain. Um, and I think, uh, well, you know, obviously that's sarcasm. She actually does hate Ross Chastain. She's not the only one. Add Kyle Larson to the list of those Ross Chastain has, well, not offended, put in the wall, wrecked, taken out of a chance to win, standard Ross things. Um, Ross Chastain ruffled a few feathers this weekend at Darlington. William Byron being the beneficiary of said ruffled feathers with his third win of the season, Tyler Reddick docked 10 points. And this weekend, we go back for the first time in 27 years. I was not alive. Emily was only three. The last time that we went to North Wilkesboro Speedway, it has been resurrected, revitalized, resurged, whatever you want to call it. It is back this weekend and hosting uh, the NASCAR Truck Series race and the race we're going to talk about the 2023 NASCAR All-Star Race. We're going to recap Darlington Preview North Wilkesboro, talk about the very small amount of news, and also look at the point standings. Um, well, I guess going into the All-Star Race, but they're not going to change after the All-Star Race, uh, an exhibition event. Um, but I guess the points after Darlington, we'll just say that. But before we get serious and talk NASCAR, of course, we have to do our, I guess, life updates, rhetorical questions, humor, and... I guess real life updates aside from NASCAR. So, Emily, uh, what is that for you tonight? I'm here. Sorry. Let me turn the water off. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes, listen, I multitask. So, I was uh, maybe washing a crock pot there. Um, life update it's almost summer. Love me some summer. Whoop, whoop. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I never, never want to share too much, but there's always some, some good funny that happened in the, the world of school uh but um yeah I, I learned I learned this week that some paints are toxic some paints are not toxic so just just a little piece of information there do do uh with that information as you will um do your best to interpret that um yeah that that's oof, man not the way you probably wanted to find out the toxicity level of, of paint. Probably rather frankly, do that. Frankly, uh, what I have is not toxic. Yeah, so. probably would have rather learned that in a Home Depot rather than a classroom. But yeah. um, now yeah. you know, you know, Home the more... The, like, wall paint from Home Depot, that's toxic, just so oh. humans know. The more, the more you know, right? Yeah. Um, tomorrow, I will have officially survived another year. So there's that. Um, I will have made it... Um, another year um and you know we'll see if we'll, we'll i'm not there yet you know it's it's still a little bit till it's official but um hopefully i can get there hopefully this podcast does not kill me tonight um and also um i realize that uh well tornadoes are scary but for whatever reason this week i've been on like a tornado binge and i emily knows i hate tornadoes like i i am 
extremely afraid of them. Same. Um, they terrify me, especially living in an area where they are pretty common. Um, but for whatever reason, I've been on a huge tornado content kick. Um, and for, for people that are interested in it, there is a lot of interest in the tornado niche, both in podcasts, but especially on YouTube. I found a really great uh, creator. I think his name is Swagel Studios, Swagel Studios. Uh, but if you like tornadoes, then go watch his channel. His, his videos are so well made that they are bone chilling and terrifying and spine tingling and whatever other scary analogies you might like uh, to use. Um, but I watched a few of his videos this week on certain famous tornadoes and they, uh, they almost literally scared the crap out of me. So um, if you want to be terrified of, of a tornado without actually experiencing a tornado um, and without watching Twister, um, then go go to his channel because it is they're really well made. They're scary, but they do educate you um, on the history of, of some of the scariest things known um, to mankind. But um, I think that is that out of the way. Um, Emily, I know you didn't get to see much of the race on Sunday, but William Byron gets the win. Ross Chastain, Rex Kyle Larson out late. What are your overall thoughts on the race? Um, William Byron getting his third win of the season to lead the series, might I add. Yeah, so again, I didn't, I didn't get to see very much. But from what I did see, which was 0%, from what I did hear, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I just you, you feel for Kyle. I... Kyle's a good guy, right? Like, not, not this, not, not, not the Kyle I'm referring to. I here. figured you meant Larson. We, we, we all know that. That, that information is known. Um, but, you know, there's always drama. I like, I like some good drama. Bring it on. <laughs> Can't have a NASCAR Cup Series race these days. Um... Without drama. Now, we did do a full uh, post-race breakdown recap episode on Monday from Darlington Raceway. Uh, you can find that on Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. That's where this episode and all future and past episodes of Below the L-Line are. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, follow, rate, click all the buttons, as Emily likes to say, and also email us um, for any inquiries at below the L-Line podcast at gmail.com. I thought Sunday's, uh, what was the name of this race? Goodyear 400. Pretty solid race, decent racing product. Um, it looked like Kyle Larson was going to be able to sail off into the sunset, but when has he been able to do that this year? Answer is never. Um, you know, look at Las Vegas. Caution comes out late. William Byron wins the race. Uh, I believe he was leading late at Phoenix. Caution comes out. William Byron wins the race. Leading late at Darlington. Ross Chastain wrecks him. Guess who wins the race? William Byron. So I'm not saying William Byron wasn't a deserving winner. I'm not saying William Byron's not having the best season of his career. But I'm just saying, and I mean, this this is known. Like, uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. One man's fall is another man's fortune. That has been the case to the extreme for William Byron. Uh, his gain this year has been Kyle Larson's loss. I mean, all three races that he's won, Kyle Larson looked to be in control of. And guess who lost all of those races? Kyle Larson. I think that luck is going to change. I'm not sure if Byron's going to start having bad luck, but I think at some point Kyle Larson's luck has to change. He legit could have won all 13 races this season. We don't know what would have happened at Coda if Bubba doesn't break an oil line. We don't know what would have happened at California if his engine doesn't blow. I mean, 
Talladega, I don't think he was really up there all that much. Maybe that's the only race where he wasn't consistently up front. But even still, taken out in Rex late, all three super speedway races. Um, you have, uh, you know, Las Vegas, Phoenix, where he was in position to win those as well. And then, of course, late cautions come out. Same thing at Darlington. The two races he's won at Martinsville and Richmond, I guess he was kind of able to coast to those wins. Um but he's still kind of rely on strategy and, and stuff to do that. So at some point, Kyle Larson and his luck have to change for the better. I hope it happens in the playoffs or even better before the playoffs. Um, but it, it's insane just how fast he's been. Look at Kansas, too. I mean, Kansas obviously, you know, gets put put in the backstretch wall in the last lap by Denny Hamlin, and he could win that race. Um, he's been good enough each and every week to win. It's just unfortunate circumstance after unfortunate circumstance. At some point, his luck has to change. Five top tens, all those in, all, all those top fives uh, in, in the first 13 races. And I believe every race this year that he has not finished in the top five in, he has either been wrecked or spun or had an engine blow or have something happen to him not of his own fault. So at some point, Kyle Larson's luck has to change. Um, but again, I thought it was a pretty good race. Ross Chastain, I don't know what he was doing, where he was going. He made a stupid move. And William Byron pretty easily beats Kevin Harvick um, to win that race. We're not going to run through all the results or anything. But uh, again, full recap episode went out on Monday. And now we're going to transition over to looking at the, uh, the point standings after Darlington. Okay, moving in now to the NASCAR Cup Series standings. Now, we're going to do this again on Friday, and we're going to do it. Uh, we did it on Monday, so I'm not going to you know, go too in-depth into these. Um, but we have, we have nine winners through 13 races. We have four, three drivers who have won multiple races. Two of them have won two, and only one has won three. So Christopher Bell, Denny Hamlin, William Byron, Martin Truex, Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Joey Logano are your nine winners. The three guys who have won multiple races are Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson. They have each won two. William Byron has won three this season. First man in on points, Mr. Ross Chastain, the man everybody's talking about, plus 167. You have Kevin Harvick, plus 138. Uh, Ryan Blaney, plus 119. Brad Keselowski, plus 103. Chris Buescher, plus 67. Bubba Wallace, plus 31. Chase Briscoe, plus 13. He's the last man in. First man out, Mr. Daniel Suarez, minus 13. Ty Gibbs in 18th. Austin Sindrick in 19th. Michael McDowell in 20th. Todd Gilland in 21st. Then Corey LaJoy, Justin Haley, Eric Jones, Eric Almarola. That's your top 25. AJ Allmendinger, Chase Elliott, who's now only 63 points back of the cut line. Um, and then Ryan Priest, Harrison Burton, and Austin Dillon make up your top 30. If Alex Bowman comes back after the Coca-Cola or uh, for the Coca-Cola 600, he would be the first man out. He would only be five points out of the playoffs in 17th. Um, Gregson is minus 137. Ty Dillon, minus 165, rounds out the standings. Emily, what is your opinion on the standings? Um, I know Denny's locked in. Don't have to worry about him anymore, but... Um, not too many surprises, I guess, some guys starting to really even themselves out. Yeah, I mean, what's kind of the worst thing is, like, Jimmy's locked in, but look at who else is. Like, talk about competition. Um, and, you know, I, I am surprised about Byron and his three wins. Truly, if I had laid out at the beginning of the year who I thought was going to have multiple wins, especially early on in the season, kind of first half of the season, I wouldn't have pegged him for it. Wouldn't have ever. Me neither. But, um, 
Good for him. Yeah, having a really good year, having a breakout year. You know, won a couple races last year, but was just really inconsistent. And this year, if he can keep the consistency up, he has now four top sevens in a row. He has, let's see, I believe seven top tens on the season now, climbed up to fifth in the regular season standings. And he has six top fives, and he has led the most laps in the series at 596. Um, so he is looking really, really good. Uh, now, one bit of news is Tyler Reddick, who I believe goes from ninth down to, or sorry, uh, eighth, down to 10th in the regular season standing. So he was barely above Kozlowski Larson on Friday. Uh, his crew chief, Billy Scott, was ejected from the Speedway, had to use Dave Rogers, who used a crew chief for Kyle Busch. Um, I believe his last year for Busch was 2014. Um, but uh, they still had a solid run. I believe ended up in 10th position. Um, but he was penalized 10 points for failing tech inspection. I believe having a violation, I didn't see exactly what it was, but penalized 10 points, locked in the playoffs, but it does affect the regular season. So he goes, uh, the top 10 awarded uh, points for the regular season at the end. Uh, so, you know, he would get, he would have gotten three extra playoff points if he was an eighth, but now he would only get one. So battle for the regular season, it affects that. Battle for more playoff points at the end of the year, it also affects that. Last order of business here on the Below the LM podcast tonight is previewing North Wilkesboro. The track is revived. It will host its first race since 1996. Truck race on Saturday. We'll cover that for you tomorrow on the Spotter Stand at YouTube channel. That's the Spotter Apostrophe Stand. Uh, Emily, would you mind muting when you're when you're not talking? Sorry, you're okay. Just. So all that background noise doesn't get caught up. Um, but we have a truck race Saturday and a cup all-star race Sunday night. So looking at the cup schedule, practice is uh, Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, FS1 MRN in Sirius XM NASCAR radio. Uh, and then the pit crew challenge at 545 will set the lineup for the heats. So not the all-star race itself, but it'll set the lineup for the heats that will determine the starting lineup for the all-star race first time we'll have had a pit crew challenge well i guess technically we had one last year i, I guess it's kind of the same as last year that's on fs1 mrn series 6 and nascar radio so i believe it'll be that like two cars are beside each other they go up at the green light they make a pit stop they run a lap around the track whoever gets back to the line first is deemed the winner i believe that's how it's going to work uh same as last year at texas uh, and then the heat races start at 7.20 Eastern on Saturday night. FS1, MRN, Series X, and Mass Trader. There's only two of them. So I believe 18, 19 cars in each heat. Uh, 7.20 for the first one, approximately 8.15 for the second one. They are each 60 laps. Uh, so 60 laps of racing um, for each heat Saturday night. And then the All-Star Race itself is 200 laps Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, FS1, MRN, Series X, and NASCAR Radio with one break, one mandatory break at lap 100, a midway break. We'll throw the caution. But aside from that, the most non-gimmicky All-Star Race format we have had in years. And I'm very excited for this race. Emily, obviously, you didn't see a piece of history revitalized in return. Um... But this is also a track that has a very worn-out surface. It's likely getting repaved after this year because the track's literally going to be cracking and falling apart. It already kind of is. Hopefully it survives the weekend. Um, but it should be a really good race. Uh, tires are going to be falling off at an insane amount. There's not going to be any grip. Guys are going to be slipping, sliding around. It's going to be a lot of fun. I didn't put out stat tracking this week. There were no stats to track from the last time we went to North Wilkesboro. We don't know necessarily what to expect. 
I'm hoping we won't see these guys shift as much as they do at tracks like Richmond or Martinsville, but the one short track we went to so far this year with a lot of tire wear was Richmond, and that, in my opinion, was the second best race of the year. So what are your expectations, if you have any, for North Wilkesboro? It's a, I believe, five-eighths of a mile short track, an uphill front straightaway, downhill back straightaway. It was built that way back in the 40s. It was on the NASCAR schedule every year until 1996, but it's being brought back. What are your expectations for the race? Who do you think is going to start first? Who do you think is going to win? Yeah, so my expectations, one, are to see a great race. I think some things play into that one. You know, short tracks sometimes do create good racing, even though I don't like short tracks that much. <laughs> they have the potential. Um, but kind of the main thing that I think is going to make things interesting is the fact that so many of these guys haven't raced here. Yeah, no, um, none of them, as far as I know. Yeah, so obviously that's going to create some interest because it might not be so easy. They're going to have to be figuring this out. And so I think it will be very interesting. I agree. Good race. Who is your pick? Um, I, I mean, we're going to have the heaps to determine the starting lineup, but who's your pick to win the poll to start first? Who's your pick to win the all-star race? It's Carl Larson. I really do think, I mean, talk about an all-star racer. Uh, yeah. All-star driver. He's an all-star. He's going to win the all-star race. I think he's going to win all-star race. He's going to I mean, he, he, he's been so close so many times this year and still has two wins. Won the All-Star Race in 2021. Um, for the poll, I'm going to go, uh, I don't know. Um, give me, uh, I don't know. Give me Bell for the poll, I guess. I mean, the heat races are going to make it kind of weird. But I'm more focused on the guy I think is going to win the race. This guy's had an up-and-down year, only 12th in the regular season points, won earlier in the season at Atlanta, won the championship last year. But he is a history, a weird history of winning at tracks that we go to for the first time, or tracks that are relatively new. Bristol Dirt in 2021, first time we ran that, he won it. The LA Clash of the Coliseum in 2022, first time we ran there, he won it. Um... This is another short track. It's our first time going to it. These guys' first time going to it. Give me Joey Logano. I know he's had a bad bad last uh, stretch of races, but when Penske gives him a good car and not a trash can like he's had for these past two races, he can do special things. He's won a few of these newer tracks, and for whatever reason, they're, I guess, his bread and butter. So give me Joey Logano to win the All-Star Race. That team really needs to pick me up. And it's a chance. I know it's not a points race, but it's a chance for these guys to get some momentum. So, Emily, any final thoughts about Darlington, the Reddick News, or North Wilkesboro? Nope, just excited to see some good racing this weekend. Going to be a lot of fun, everybody. All-Star Race and then the World 600 at Charlotte Memorial Day weekend. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. I always love the World 600. But the All-Star Race is first. You've come to the end of this podcast. We will see you back here on Friday for the preview podcast for the NASCAR All-Star Race. Put out a podcast last night as well, grading the first half of the regular season for every cup driver. So go listen to that and our post-race podcast from Darlington. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, all major podcast platforms, and on YouTube on the Spotter Stand YouTube channel. That's the Spotter Apostrophe Stand. And you can also email us at below the LM podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for coming on the show, Emily. I am Samuel Soch from the Spotter Stand YouTube page and the Below the LM podcast. We will catch you on Friday. Goodbye. <laughs>